Welcome to So Now What, a bi-weekly podcast of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Join hosts Michelle Patnode, W3MVP, and Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, as they offer information, support, and encouragement for those starting their journey into the world of amateur radio. So Now What is brought to you by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. Asking questions. That's how you get the advice and insight you need to go from a new license holder to ham radio veteran. And the first question is, so now what? Hey, podcast listeners. I'm Michelle Patnode, W3MVP. Thanks for joining us for So Now What, a podcast for people who are relatively new to amateur radio and who are excited and curious to discover all that it has to offer. And here with me is podcast host Joe Karsha, NJ1Q. Hi, Michelle, and hi all to our podcast listeners out there. Thank you for coming back for another episode of So Now What. And Joe, what are we doing today on So Now What, considering it's a spooky day? Spooky, spooky. This is our Halloween special, spooky one, kind of, but with a flavor of amateur radio. Radio's going to be mixed in there, so yeah. Because it is Halloween today. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Yay. Happy Halloween. <gasps> Who's hey. that? <gasps> hey, that- it's Jen Glifford, KC1KNL. She's our senior editor with QST Magazine. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jen. Thank you for coming on our podcast with us today. Thanks for having me. It's a very short commute from my desk. Oh, so. gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was very easy. Thankfully, we didn't have to pay for your travel costs in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, we have a very limited budget of, like, nothing. So, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> hey, not only is it Halloween, but it's also a Thursday, so it's Throwback Thursday to Jen's article last year in the July 2018 issue of QST, Yippie Kaye, The Role of Radio in Die Hard. And I know this was like really cool because Jen was super excited writing this article, (laughs) I remember, and it was just awesome. And she did an amazing job. It's a fun movie. It was a fun article. So Jen actually wrote this article in honor of Die Hard's 30th anniversary. And for those out there who have never seen Die Hard or ever heard of it, Jen, could you just give a quick summary of what Die Hard's about and the role radio plays? Yeah, sure. Essentially, Die Hard is about... NYPD cop John McClane, who winds up in L.A. visiting his wife at her business Christmas party. And while he's out of the room, terrorists take over the building and take everyone at the party hostage. So it's a pretty tough situation already. And then exactly. And so as he gets away, he kind of gradually picks up different tools or takes things from the terrorists that he can use against them and use to help save the day. One of which is a handheld radio. And that allows him to communicate with the police outside, uh, with people he can get help from, and also with the main villain, Hans Gruber. And amateur radio has really been showing up in a lot of pop culture, TV shows, and movies lately. I mean, we had Contact, Frequency, A Quiet Place, and everyone's favorite, Stranger Things. But we really want to go back to this throwback on Die Hard. On Die Hard. And we're not talking about the batteries either. I mean, we're talking (laughs) about the movie with... (laughs) with, um, Bruce Willis and uh, Professor Snape. I mean, not <laughs> Professor Snape. We all know who it is. But, um, yeah, it's now the thing is, and our listening audience is going to say this, but there was no amateur radio in the movie Die Hard. This is true. We, we readily acknowledge that. But radio still played an important part in this movie. And that's why we're now going to turn it over to Jen, who, by the way, uh, 
she just didn't like throw this together. I, the audience needs to know that you put a lot of effort into writing this article. There was a lot of research that went into it because you want to present what this was about as well as good information about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for counting uh, watching Die Hard over and over, <laughs> over as and research. Over and over again. <laughs> I really appreciated that. And I will yeah. never look at duct tape the same. <laughs> yeah, e- even though it wasn't exactly amateur radio, radio played such a huge part in the movie, and I, I think it really helped advance the plot. And without the radios in Die Hard, the movie wouldn't be the same at all. Uh, like through his radio, John McClane is able to reach out to people on the outside. He's able to get help uh, and reach the police. He's able to make a connection with another police officer and have someone to support him when he's having a tough time in there. And the relationship between John McClane and Hans Gruber, the villain, yes. yeah, it completely relies on the radios. Without them, they wouldn't have talked until the end of the movie. They like, don't meet face-to-face for a long time, but they do antagonize each other constantly over the radio. Now, what went into the research in putting this article together? Uh, watching Die Hard over and over was definitely part of it. I never had to pause so much in my life to take notes. And that really showed me just how often the radios made an appearance in the movie. And I did a lot of Googling, a lot of reading. There's a lot that's been written about it. And there's a heated debate online, too, about which radios were used, what kind of handhelds. And uh, it looks like people have decided that Hans Gruber's radio was a Kenwood TH-41BT. <laughs> Uh, for those of us who are familiar with it, yes, it does. When you like close up in it, it mm-hmm. does look like that. It's that style. And for the audience, they're probably thinking, well, but if they were transmitting, well, they were not really transmitting. I mean, clearly, and Michelle and I have actually talked about this, that in a lot of movies that show radio in general, not just amateur radio, but just radio in general, these radios do not do duplex. It is not possible for someone to be talking without depressing the PTT switch. Right. So, yeah, so they're, they're, they're clearly we're not talking on amateur frequencies. Uh, that is all part of the, the mystique of Hollywood and the ability for the actor or the actress to look like they're depressing something or talking. But just uh, for the listening audience out there, no, they were not actually talking on these radios. They were not talking on amateur frequencies. Mm-hmm. It seems like the biggest sin of Hollywood movies regarding radio is doing that push-to-talk error where they constantly interrupt each other as if that would be possible at all. And that is annoying. For for a lot of us operators, when we see that, we're we're all yelling at the TV. That's not how this works. (laughs) That's not how any of this works. He can't hear you. (laughs) He can't hear you. How can you be talking when you're not depressing that little switch? But, hey, that's, that's Hollywood. Yeah, and you know, speaking about the point about PTT and how that wasn't used properly, this happens a lot in movies in general or TV because, you know, it is fictional. It's just a movie. It's all for fun. And most of the time, these are just props in movies. And most people don't even notice if it's being used correctly or not. Actually, to reference Jen's article, there is a quote from Bob Allison that states, Only us radio nerds think about these facts while watching the movie. And, you know, this is honestly really true. And just from thinking about, you know, working in film and editing film, anytime I watch a movie, I'm always thinking about how they edited it or looking at the continuity or just watching and just like nitpicking like every little thing in there. So this is definitely true for anyone who's an enthusiast about anything. And the thing about radio, too, is 
because it's not always portrayed in a good light, and sometimes it is. Jen, what do you think? Do you think in Die Hard the role of radio was portrayed in a good light? Yeah, I, I do think Die Hard is a positive example of radio in media. It's not perfect. It doesn't get everything right or anything. But I feel like at the end of the day, Die Hard is a movie about one person trying to help when everything has gone wrong. And I think radio plays a big part in that. And for him, he only has a few tools at hand. He has to use whatever he can find to help people and to save hostages. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He only has a few tools at hand and he has to use what he can find to save the day. And radio ends up being a huge part of that. So I feel like Die Hard is a really positive representation of radio because for John McClane and for ham radio operators, we're familiar with that feeling of being able to reach out Call out and hope that someone hears you. Thank you so much, John, for discussing your article, Yippee Kaye, The Role of Radio in Die Hard. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Awesome. No problem at all. And thank you, Jen, for being on the show. 73, Jen. 73. 73. And now a word from our sponsor. Check out LDG's new Balins and Ununs. The RU9 to 1 Unun matches in-fed long wire antennas to coax. And the RU1 to 1 Choke helps keep RF out of your shack. All LDG Balins and Ununs are rated to 200 watts PEP and cover from 1 to 30 megahertz for all your HF matching needs. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing advanced quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is on anticipating our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support. Don't forget, LDG products carry a two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. LDG Electronics. Everywhere you look, there's an LDG. Welcome back to So Now What? So now we're going to get back into our Halloween topics. And, you know, Halloween's all spooky and whatnot. It's all scary. It's scary, scary. And definitely my favorite holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is, people. It truly, truly is. (laughs) If you were to see her office. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, sometimes here at WNAW, Joe has the luxury of working the night shift Have you ever worked the night shift on Halloween, and have you ever gotten any trick-or-treaters? Yes, I have, and it is scary because (laughs) you're there, and you don't know if some kids are going to do funny stuff. (laughs) So you're you're always – you've got like one eye to the door and one eye to the transmitting racks. It's like, okay, I'm ready for anything. But uh, (laughs) knock on wood, I have never had any issues at WNAW – during Halloween, thankfully. Hopefully, I did not jinx it for my night operator. (laughs) (laughs) I can see him now. Uh, Joe, we have a problem. Kids have just egged all the towers and TP the entire building. Well, thanks, Scott. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) That sort of thing. (laughs) And Joe always has a great costume. I mean, you can go on our social media pages, and we do have group photos on there. And you'll have to check out what Joe is today. That's right. And what you are today. And yeah, it is optional to dress up here. So for those who do, we just take a group photo, we put it on social media and, you know, we just have fun with it. And you can, yes, you can see how we look and um, feel free to comment. And if you dress up for Halloween, share your photos with us. Share it right to our social media. And if you dressed up for Halloween, share your photos with us. Just share them right in the comments. 
it would be fun to see what our listenership does for Halloween. Okay, okay, okay. But seriously, we do want to talk a little bit more about amateur radio and movies. Yes. Or radio communications as a whole. Exactly. And the scary stuff, because it is Halloween. So we're only going to talk about scary movies and TVs, and not a lot of them, but scary movies and TVs that had showcased amateur radio, actual amateur radio, or as Michelle says, radio communications in general. And we do have to make that distinction because a lot of the stuff that you see is not so much amateur radio. Yes, they use amateur radio equipment, but it's not necessarily amateur radio. It's radio communications. And Michelle, I, I got to believe they do that because it's easier to get that equipment than, say, dropping hundreds of dollars on commercial gear to be used as a prop. Right. So I, I'm just guessing. So, Yeah, definitely. And as Jen cited in her article, they did something very similar in Die Hard. Right. They just got radio equipment and said, we're going to use this. We do not say it's amateur radio. So sometimes it shows radio communications and sometimes it may show amateur radio but it is fictional and that's cool too it's showing radio communications and that's what we're all about here is radio communications with amateur radio and we know last man standing isn't scary but they really did show amateur radio in a good light yes and we are very thankful for that There's also a couple of shows on Netflix, too, that show amateur radio or radio communications, one being Jericho, and they use Morse code in the show, and the show kind of centers around a town that's trying to survive a nuclear blast, and there's somebody who charges people to use his radio. Um, And that's scary on so many levels. There's also a series called The Last Ship, and it's a story about a lone naval ship and its crew trying to find a cure for a worldwide epidemic that wipes out most of humankind. I mean, if that's not scary, I don't know what is. That, <laughs> I have nightmares about that. So, yes, that's scary. Yeah. Um, they use older amateur radio equipment to make contact with the ship's captain. So there is another Netflix series, and a lot of you have probably heard of it or seen it, Stranger Things. Stranger Things? That's strange. I've never heard of Stranger Things. That is a little strange. <laughs> it's strange. <laughs> but there have been Stranger Things. But anyway. <laughs> Aside from Stranger Things. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, we even read an article about this in our October 2019 issue of QST Magazine. The QST article by Sean Kutzko, KX9X, does a really good job of describing them. However, some liberties were taken. Just a few. Just a few. Awesome show, though. Oh, yes, it is. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't tell our listeners that our research did pull up a few more instances of amateur radio in scary movies, specifically some horror flicks. And we discussed this, and we decided that since this is a family show, we are not going to go into any detail about those particular movies. But just know that... There is amateur radio and a few other horror flicks out there. And um, and we're going to leave it at that. That's a good thing to do. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. But we, we should mention the movie Frequency. It is a little scary or just maybe really, really spine tingling. And spine tingling can be scary like for Halloween. 
And of course, there is like one of my favorite movies, and that is Contact. And that had aliens from another part of the Milky Way galaxy. And extraterrestrial aliens can be scary. Well, Joe, that was cool. <laughs> did, did, you, did you get this page? You mean like the movie Mars Attacks? Yes, Mars Attacks. That was an awesome yet strangely scary and weird movie. But they had aliens, but not without the the big, big squishy heads and the screechy voices. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure those in our audience who have seen the movie can clearly understand what I mean. And, you know, in that vein, there is the movie Independence Day, the first one. We have to make that distinction, the first one. Because when that movie did come out, a lot of hams had actually written to us to say, hey, do you guys know that Morse code was used in it? And we said, well, yes, we do. And it wasn't necessarily amateur radio. But as I said, they did use Morse code to communicate. And the movie did have ugly, mean, scary-looking aliens. Definitely not cute like E.T. Nope. Not only were they not cute like E.T., They also didn't use a speaking spell and a circular saw blade to call home. Oof. (laughs) I know there's supposed to be a drum roll at the end of that, but those are, yes, all scary, (laughs) scary movies with a little bit of amateur radio in them. Well, that's all for now on the Halloween episode (laughs) of So So Now Now What? What? Thanks again to Jen Glifford, KC1KNL. And thank you, Jen, and thank you, everyone, for listening, and have Have a a happy happy Halloween. Halloween. And don't forget to share your Halloween photos with us via social media. 73. 73. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this episode of So Now What? As always, if you have a question and want a chance of it being answered on the show, send an email to sonowwhat at awrl.org or go to our webpage, www.arrl.org forward slash so now what and submit your question under the so now what listener form don't forget to also rate and review so now what on whatever platform you're listening to us on we love getting your questions feedback and suggestions until next time on so now what so now what is a production of the awrl the national association for amateur radio and is sponsored by ldg electronics LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. For more information on amateur radio or the ARRL, visit us on the web at www.arrl.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for ARRL. If you have a question or comment for Joe or Michelle, email us at sonowwhat at awrl.org. Org, or use the form on our website, www.arrl.org forward slash so now what. This program is copyright of the ARRL, and any unauthorized redistribution or rebroadcast is prohibited. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to So Now What at Blueberry.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sabrina Jackson, KC1JMW, Administrative Manager of Radio Sport at the ARRL. Thanks for listening.